This is Sports Best, brought to you in part by Lojo's. Cinderfully frosted cream-filled chocolate steak cakes with a pinwheel design that makes your heart feel warm and lets your brain leave this messed up world for a few seconds to joy. Ho-ho bliss. We are broadcasting to you fake live and direct on the reposted podcast network. Here's Andrew Keller, who finished fourth on the parallel bars. Larry Olson, my heart is made out of a bronze medal. Hello there, Mr. Keller. Did you ever do gymnastics as a kid? I did it for a little bit. I feel like you would probably be the least likely because you're so big to do gymnastics. But I shouldn't know. have. It was. I think it was more of like this is something fun for the kids to do. I was always big and awkward. I shouldn't have done it. And uh, um, yeah, gymnastics was not the sport for me. But decorated U.S. gymnast Simone Biles. It is a sport for her. She has been, I guess, maybe even to her detriment remained the face of the u.s olympics she's the i would say probably the most talked about person i've gone through personally a roller coaster of different thoughts on what she should and shouldn't be doing as the uh, armchair expert but she finished with a bronze medal on the balance beam uh, to close out the olympics and uh i think I'm, i'm happy for her i don't know if disney is going to make a movie about this comeback but it's a it's a nice it's a nice um, thing to see for her to come back and win a bronze. And uh, I, I don't know if uh, we're going to view athletes any differently because of her, but I'm excited that she got to leave away, leave Tokyo with some hardware. Did you, uh, what do you I think? feel like you're, you're answering my question. You feel like this is a happy ending, her getting a bronze medal in an individual event. I think so. I think it's, from a macro perspective, it's, it's nice. I'm sure maybe two weeks from now, two months from now, she's going to be like, crap, I'm, I'm bummed that, that, that this didn't work out the way I thought it would, where I get a few more gold medals, but just like for her overall health and well-being, like how much to me, the alternative is she's, she goes into competition, throws a crazy flip, lands on her head and then like breaks her neck or something. So while it's disappointing not to, walk away with the gold i mean she's she doesn't really have anything to prove it's just more of like she wants to walk away from like jerome bettis he he left on top the bus. <laughs> there's a there's an apt analogy someone just like walking away from a sport when you're on top uh, uh, uh so here's my another question for you do you think she makes more or less money in endorsements because she spoke out about her mental health issues i think probably less long term oh interesting I mean, she might get, I think, I think with the attention span of the general public in the U S I don't think people are going to care too much. I mean, once the closing ceremonies wrap up, we're not going to be like, what's happening with Simone Biles. I think either way we wouldn't have, but it's, it has more legs. If she's like, I had four gold medals and then she gets thrown on the Wheaties box, her bronze medal, isn't going to get her there. She's the most decorated gymnast in U S history. And she's going to be known for the twisties. And not what she did on the parallel bar. So I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, also your legacy is like, what's happened to me lately? Lately, when you think of Michael Phelps, the first thing I kind of pop into my mind is when he got in trouble for smoking. There's like a video of him smoking weed, which I mean, whatever. He's the most decorated swimmer and probably the best swimmer of all time. But then like weird little things like this can taint your um, zeitgeist persona. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't really change who she is as a person. So I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she was able to like go from completely unable to perform to still winning a medal. 
I can't wait to see her in the next Calm app. I think that's my next big prediction. Oh, yeah. She's going to narrate the new Calm app. Done. Done and done. Yeah. They're calling it the greatest track and field race ever. Norwegian newspapers dubbed it Super Doolin. Norway's Karsten Warholm narrowly edging American Rye Benjamin to win the gold in the men's 400-meter hurdles. Both men smashed the previous world record by a half a second. Warholm crossed the finish line 45.94, 0.76, better than the world record men. Benjamin in 46.17. Until the beginning of last month, the world record was 46.78. It was set by Kevin Young in 1992 before both of those guys both 25 were even born. Six men of the eight-man race set national records in their countries during this race. Titanus Storte La. That's called the best race ever. Oh, it was a uh, it was a tight race. I liked it. I got I grabbed the audio from it because I thought it was exciting. It's Ray Benjamin and his nemesis, Carsten Warholm. The American is reeling him in. The world record holder is trying to hold him off, and he will. It's going to be gold for Norway. Forty-five ninety-four. It's a world record, an Olympic record. I like to think that one day you and I are going to be in a race, and whoever's calling it says, <laughs> "Here comes Larry and his nemesis, Andrew." <laughs> I love the idea of a nemesis in the 400 hurdles. That's great. Well, and you know, it's funny because they're just uh, like, one's this like total white Norwegian dude and one's this like kind of black big track star guy. So they just kind of have distinct differences. I mean, it was great. The American is closing the distance and you think he's going to overtake him, but uh, Rye Benjamin pulls away. What? Yeah. Pulls I, away I like and, that. His name, I've never seen uh, his name is R-A-I. Yeah. I've never seen a rye uh, pronounce. Uh, I guess I've never seen a rye in general. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people call Ryan, friend of the show, Ryan Keller, rye. Oh, yeah. But you don't spell like that. I, I think you would spell it R Y. You know, the funny thing about this whole thing is this race took place like really early in the morning, which is late at night at Tokyo. So it kind of ruins it, right? Nobody's going to watch this live. We're probably all going to know the answer for it. it airs live on NBC in the night. Mm-hmm. So the best race in the whole history of the United the world, no one's ever going to watch. It. it was exciting. Well, also the uh, hurdles isn't the sexiest race, and so probably oh, I think it's very sexy. I disagree with you there. Have you ever? I don't even think I've ever jumped over one hurdle in my life. I don't think I could. I don't think of the hops for it. I've uh, I did some track and field in my life. It is brutal. They're saying that's the hardest physical hardest race. A four hundred with hurdles on it is brutal. Do you think you could run a sub 60 second 400 with no hurdles? No, no. I used to, but no. No, I think I can come close, but. Okay. The, I was watching the women's 5,000 meter. Oh. The last, I don't know how far that's at four miles. I don't even know what that. Something like One mile. Her, her last split was 56 seconds on her last lap of the 5,000. 56 seconds. Did you, There was a girl, I can't remember. I can't remember where she was from, but on the last lap, there was a, a, a mix-up. It was a qualifier. She tripped. She fell on the ground and yes. and still won her, her heat. She only needed Amazing. to get six. Amazing. Well, moving from running on the track to running on the soccer pitch, the U.S. women's national soccer team is going to be playing in the bronze medal game against Australia. They lost and uh, did not advance because they lost to Canada. Alex Morgan, she says she's devastated. And Megan Rapino, Megan Rapino said she was gutted. 
I don't really know. I mean, this is, I mean, it's sad. Um, I don't, I don't know why we're, I don't know. I, the story that they're devastated and gutted. I mean, that makes sense. You, you want to win gold. They're, they're sad about that. The reason I put this in there, the question is, are you ever happy when a team America team loses? Like for instance, it seems as if the U S women have won a lot of things lately. Yeah. The world cup on and on. Aren't we excited that somebody else gets to experience winning other than the U S women's team? Are you like pro women need to win all the time? I mean, I don't think that they need to win ever. I'm not happy that they lost. I'm a little they, bit. You're a little bit happy that Just they don't, lost. Don't, don't shout down the crazy American, but I kind of like, you know, let's pass around the will around the earth here. Wow. You're like, uh, you're like throwing the game so other people can get a chance to win. There was a guy that played quarterback for my high school, and he was so good. He, uh, he ended up playing at Colorado, and then I think he bounced around the NFL for a little bit. But we were in the wishbone, and we scored so much that he would sometimes pitch the ball to the running back 20 yards downfield just to give other people an opportunity to score. And you're like Marcus Stiggers. He was a, he was a, a thrilling player to watch, but uh, anyway, I, I'm not oh, happy they lost. No. Can, can I be, I am extremely honored that you compare me to Marcus Tiggers. I feel like I have nothing else to prove. He I'm was like fast. He ran a four, one, nine, a four, one, nine, 40. So, uh, Okay. Of the U.S. is out of the gold medal game. We have Sweden versus Canada. Who do you want to win that? Well, you know my hard, fast rule. I never root for Canadians. I feel like I've made that abundantly clear. I don't like them. I don't like any of them. I definitely am not rooting for Canada. You told me that's because they put mayonnaise on your fries, and you think that's disgusting, as do I. Listen, I could go on and on about the reasons I hate Canada. Just know that I never root for Canada, so I'll be going for Sweden. Good, good. I hope it's a great game. Yeah, I hope it's great. I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be watching the highlights, as they say. <laughs> well, uh, moving on from the damn Canadians to the damn Australians. You knew this story was coming, I feel like. Australians were raging in Tokyo. Australian media reporting that members of the men's rowing and rugby teams left their room in the Olympic Village in a messy and unacceptable state. Uh, there was holes in the walls. There was a uh, destroyed cardboard bed. And there was vomit all over. Ian Chesterman, head of Australia's Olympic delegation, said, quote, it's a book as old as time. A good young person makes a mistake. Chapter two is good. Young person is full of remorse. Chapter three is a good young person learns from the mistake and becomes a better person. I did not know rowers were ragers, but apparently they like to poke holes in walls and barf in them. Well, we, they threw up in the wall? That's what I, I, don't, I, I don't. That's not how I read the story. Maybe okay, that's how I deduced it. I think you have any highly trained athlete who competes at the highest level and then they're done and have, just have to hang out for a bit. They're going to they're gonna party hard. And uh, a broken cardboard bed, not too worried about that. The one thing I do take exception to is not cleaning up your vomit after uh, expelling it onto the floor. I did make a prediction before the Tokyo Olympics happened that I thought, because they were canceling all the sponsorship booths, and I was like, People are going to have these unauthorized parties like they were doing in L.A. during the first lockdown. But uh, I haven't heard any news of that. And maybe the Japanese people are, I mean, they're more respectful than Americans just across the board. But maybe they're respectful enough not to be having these unauthorized parties. So I guess good on them. If you tell me before the Olympics starts, hey, Larry, someone's going to bang a hole in a wall 
and barf in it because they're raging too hard, I go, that's the Australian rowing team. Oh, for sure. First uh, well, I would say the Australian rugby team. Yeah, that, I mean, sure that, that, that fits the uh, stereotype for sure. Rugby, the people I knew that played rugby at Colorado were some of the rowdiest people. They just like want to fight all the time and uh, get drunk. So, I mean, they're fulfilling the stereotype. I did not think it would be anyone from the fencing team. Let me just say for the record, I'm never going to fight anybody on any rugby team that will not be what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, speaking of fighting, Evander Kane of the NHL is going through a very, very messy divorce right now. His wife put him on blast and basically said on a Twitter post, she said, how does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games to win money? Hmm. Maybe someone needs to address this. She's basically, I think she's not getting what she needs or she says she's financially not getting what she needs from him to help raise their daughter. And, um, she, uh, she's taken to social media to get the uh, court of public opinion to weigh in on their divorce. She did the, uh, pull the pin out of the grade, uh, pull the grenade. pin out of the grenade, uh, strategy, because like, here's the deal. I, I'm not a lawyer, but if you're trying to divorce someone and you want the most money you can get, I don't know if this is allegedly or not, whether he's betting on games or not and throwing games, he's going to make less money because you made this claim. Like she definitely threw him under the bus. Okay, maybe it's true, but even if it's true, you're going to get less money in this divorce because you did it. I feel like if you went to a mediator and said, all right, we're going to cut the baby in half, you get the top and he gets the bottom, she would take that. She wouldn't, she, she seemed, yeah, she's, she's gone code red. And uh, it's real messy. I don't think bringing the court of public opinion into any divorce is a good idea. Whether he's doing this or not, like she could be 100% right. She's not helping herself or her child. Yeah, I, I, so now reverberates. I was reading a story today that some of the uh, people, the players on his team, the Sharks don't want to play with him anymore because they think he's throwing games. And I hope we're all a little bit more rational to say like, maybe he is, but also, Hey, maybe this is just an ex-wife filing for divorce saying some heated things. Right. You can't unring that bell. Famously, the Duke lacrosse team. Everyone still, yeah. or like most people probably still think that they like are maybe in jail or registered sex offenders. That turned out to not be true. The uh, district attorney was withholding expulsory evidence. So, I mean, making claims like that are just their heart a retraction being printed isn't going to make people forget this story. Once again, I just go back to my last thing. It's a bad look. She is going to get a percentage of his earnings for the rest of his life. He is going to earn less now because she said these things. I don't think she was being journalistic and trying to get to the truth. She was just putting him on blast. Yeah, not great. Not great. Okay. NBA free agency underway. I don't know if you know this, but Alex Caruso is no longer a Laker. There's all these players going all over the world. We really don't have time to go through the entirety of the NBA free agency. But what I can tell you is that Steph Curry is signing a four-year, $215 million contract extension with the Warriors that's going to make him the NBA's highest-paid player for the fifth straight year. In 2023, he's going to make $48 million. By the end of the deal, by 2026, he'll be making eighty. Million, I think it's a it's 59.6. 59. I don't know why I put it so 60 million dollars a year. He's also going to be 37 years old. Good for Steph Curry. 
I guess he deserves it. But that's crazy to think that he's the NBA's highest paid player. I was on Clubhouse and I heard Aisha Curry saying about how Steph bets on his own games and he's been throwing games for the Warriors. So maybe the AP should pick up that story and uh, she's going to be getting a little. And that's so much money. That's just so much money. It seems like it's so much more than just like an NFL player. Like what's Patrick Mahomes make? He makes like 30 million a year. Yeah, it doesn't. It seems crazy. The NBA pays the most. I mean, they have less players per team, Uh, and they make more. They have more games, and yeah, I mean, NBA players win the salary just going running away. Like it's not even close. It's like if you look at average cost per player across the board, it's just NBA is the place to be. So yeah, I don't know if this is a big deal because Steph Curry seems like a humble guy, but do you think he like? makes it sure everybody knows that he's the highest paid player when they're like games. Like, Hey, I'm number one. I mean, he probably does. To sell, like, I, even if he's the most humble person ever, he, he has a competitive streak in him. So yeah. there's gotta be some kind of, yeah. he'll, he'll drop it little subtle hints to yeah. it. Maybe I like that as, as, as part of like trying to get in someone's head. I don't know if he necessarily needs to yeah. brag because everyone knows it. He's Steph Curry. From the highest paid player to the most obscure sports, ESPN is bringing back the Ocho. Here on ESPN 8, the Ocho, bringing you the finest in seldom seen sports from around the globe since 1999. If it's almost a sport, we've got it here. These, if we have time, intros are getting longer and longer, and I love every second of it. Anyway, ESPN2 is going to change to ESPN The Ocho this week and culminating with a 24-hour broadcast on Friday, throwing up things. They're going to be broadcasting live from the ACH, American Cornhole Association, uh, finals. They're going to have things like pogo stick competitions and all sorts of great things. I always think the story is fake. Like, there's not really an Ocho. That was like a thing out of the movie Dodgeball. But this, but this is real. You're telling. I feel me. like Ben Stiller is the big winner in this because I'm pretty sure he wrote Dodgeball, and that is just got to be a great feeling. Saying I just made up some kind of joke, and ESPN took it and run with it. Randomly. I hope. Do they have darts? Is darts going to be on the schedule? Yeah, they got darts. They got darts. They got pogo stick. They got like. People climbing up a slippery wall and they're falling all over each other. I do have a honorable mention. Sandy Morris of the U.S. team was a pole vaulter. Her uh, pole vault broke on her attempt and had to pull out of the finals. And this is some commentating that I feel like would be good for the Ocho. You're not going to get over 14 feet, nine inches when the pole snaps in half. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I don't know. I just thought that was ridiculous. Uh, I also heard that in a movie, uh, in, but it was not on one of the channels that all my kids could watch. Uh, this has been Sports Best. I'll be at the Ocho later this week. He's Andrew Keller. He'll be competing in the uneven bar. Thank you for listening.